Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is episode 35, and we are going into week 9. Nailed that. Uh, as always, well, not as always, but I'm Austin. I'm Charlie. I'm Rom. I'm Poopo. Let's get right into the stories. Uh, so, Charlie, elections happened last week. Yeah, so Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle will be back in the polls in April as the two candidates head to a runoff in Chicago's crowded mayoral election. The election marks a historic moment in Chicago politics, with either candidate poised to be the city's first black female mayor. Lightfoot was trailing in the polls prior to the election on February 26th, but pulled ahead in the final hours of polling to secure 17.49% of the vote, to Preckwinkle's 16%. Bill Daly, brother of former mayor Richard M. Daly, did not make the runoff, coming in third with only 14.76%. And what about the local ward elections? Yeah, so two more runoffs are scheduled for the 5th and 20th wards. The hotly contested race for 20th Ward Alderman resulted in a runoff between community organizer Jeanette Taylor and educator and activist Nicole Johnson, while the 5th Ward will see Ward incumbent Leslie Hairston run against community activist and organizer Will Calloway. Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle are also UChicago alumni. So I wanted to briefly touch on a very interesting story in this election uh, involving Daly, who came in with the largest name recognition of any candidate. Him not making the runoffs can be a pretty big upset. Basically, Daly's father had a joint venture with another person, Jeremiah Joyce. Jeremiah Joyce owned a company which provided all the concessions for O'Hare Airport for like 20 or so years. And in 2011, Rahm Emanuel offered that pitch to another company and Jeremiah Joyce got really mad. So in the 2015 mayoral elections, the Joyces were trying to run someone against Rahm Emanuel because they were very pissed and had a family feud over that. Uh, And the Dailies, who were like a close family friend, stuck with Emanuel, which kind of drove a rift between the families. So fast forward to this year and... Jeremiah Joyce's son, Jeremiah Jr., joined the race to oppose Rahm Emanuel, who they thought would be running. Rahm announces he's not running, and so Jeremiah Joyce now switches and runs solely a campaign against the Dailies, just to take him out over a family feud over not being against the Emanuels. And so Jeremiah Jr.'s wife has a lot of money, and his wife basically bankrolled his like petty feud with the Dailies. It seems like a funny story because a large portion of the Daily campaign thinks the reason they didn't make the runoffs is solely because of Jeremiah Joyce. Um, he campaigned, and almost all of his voter base was from normally Daily dense areas. So now for some not directly UChicago related news, but UChicago related nonetheless. At the Conservative Political Action Conference, President Trump announced that he would sign an executive order requiring universities to support free speech in order to receive federal research funding. Yeah, so will that affect private universities as well? Yeah, since private universities actually also receive research funding through the federal government. In general, cutting funds to universities would be greatly disruptive since federal funds are still the main way that academics in the United States fund their research. So did Trump have any specifics about, like, what constituted signing in support of free speech? While he was not explicit in what constitutes support of free speech, he suggests that that it could be similar to an order signed by Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario, Canada. As the Maroon reported, the province required publicly funded universities and colleges to accept the University of Chicago's policies on free speech or risk losing funding. What's the University of Chicago's policy on free speech? 
Yeah, so this is probably best put into words by Dean of Students Jay Ellison. According to Ellison, a commitment to academic freedom means that the University of Chicago does not support so-called trigger warnings, does not cancel invited speakers because their topics might prove controversial, and does not condone the creation of intellectual safe spaces where individuals can retreat from ideas and perspectives at odds with their own. So, Pupal, I think the university announced a new program uh, with Caltech, did they not? Yeah, they all emailed us about it. The university recently announced an exchange program with Caltech. The catch is, they're only exchanging one student each. So wait, they're only taking one student? So they emailed the whole school over one student? Competitive. Highly competitive. <laughs> I feel like this is probably one of the university's, like, in theory more so than in practice plans, where they're just trying to increase the outreach to other universities. True. Possible they're testing the waters. Yeah, perhaps they're testing the waters for a larger plan. This way we'll finally get an engineering program. You'll just have to send them away to Caltech to get the engineering degree. (laughs) (laughs) In other academic news, the Arnold and Mabel Beckman Foundation has allotted another three years of funding to UChicago to support the Beckman Scholars Program. What, What exactly is the Beckman Scholars Program? It's a program in which two or three college undergraduates are selected who receive $21,000 to support independent research in chem, biochem, or microbiology. Some more specifics about that is the participants work for two summers and one school year in the lab of a UChicago mentor, performing individual research and participating in the lab's activities. They also meet weekly with other undergraduate researchers on campus. So, Ram, I think there was some news that happened at UC Medical this past week? Yeah, so UC Medicine spent more than 24 hours on Wednesday and Thursday operating at maximum capacity since they were treating a critically high volume of patients. The hospital was placed on an internal disaster designation because of the amount of patients and the, and the shortage of space. Rob, what's an internal disaster? So UC Medicine spokesperson Ashley Herr explains that an internal disaster is a standard term used in hospital operations to address any number of events that could potentially impact an organization's facilities, and that declaring an internal disaster allows hospitals to deploy a variety of internal resources. So what exactly was the cause of this disaster? So according to an email sent to staff, by the Emergency Operations Center. It was caused by an extreme overcrowding of the adult emergency department, a high volume of surgical cases, and an increase in overall inpatient volume. Uh, How was the hospital dealing with the shortage of space? So the hospital took temporary measures to accommodate patients, including relocating some adults to Comer's Children's Hospital. Not only did Chicagoans go to the polls to vote for their new mayor on Tuesday, but they also voted for the CBA ordinance. Austin, do you have a little more information for us? Yeah, so a group, um, uh, a coalition for a community benefits agreement with the Obama Presidential Center, back in November submitted an application to put a vote, put a petition on this election cycle's ballot, uh, seeing if the community was in favor of a CBA. So what precincts were voting on this petition? So there was a series of about seven or so precincts that voted on this petition, and they were all in the areas directly surrounding the possible Obama Presidential Center. Um, All precincts which partook in this vote actually voted in favor of the petition with a rate of between 80 to 90 percent. This is most interesting and most relevant to UChicago in the runoff election for the fifth ward aldermanic candidate. 
Leslie Harrison, the incumbent, strongly refuses a CBA and instead says she has her own community stabilization plan, whereas her opponent, who has also made it to the runoff, William Calloway, um, has expressed major support. So the fact that this petition has such high support in her precinct could hurt her and her chances to re-win back her seat. That's all we have for you guys this week. Check us back every single Monday on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm Bubo. I'm Ron. I'm Charlie. Special thanks to the Logan Cage for audio equipment. Music for the Weekly is produced in part by Kenny Talbot La Vega, Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Zach Tranny. See you guys next week.